lot of things been on my mind lately A lot of things I've been ruminating and contemplating A lot of things have been stolen and taken by Satan A lot of things I don't know about, I'm just trying to make it But he can't phase me, forget the 10 My Lord God made me, I ain't talking Mike Gill Word to the underground, yeah we making noise And if you didn't know about us, yeah we them boys We be spitting smoke Alright, welcome to the Heavy Revy Show I am Michael Rogers and today I'm bringing you your Monday message now today we're talking about something that I think is very vital to our everyday Christian life and our Christian walk, walking out what God has uh, purposed you with, and it's about living in peace. And the first thing I want you guys to understand about living in peace is that God wants you to live in peace, that it's something he desires for you to live in every day of your born-again Christian life. And he's also provided the, the access for you to do so. Uh, and the reason it's important is because living in peace, if you don't have peace in your life, even in doing what God's called you to do, uh, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations, there's going to be hard times that you face because we live in a fallen world with around broken people. And if you don't have the peace of God ruling in your heart and ruling in your mind and understanding how to walk in it and how to activate it, you'll burn out in what God's called you to do. You'll, you'll be overcome with these, these hard times that we face in the world. And it'll cause you to just burn out and kind of give up on whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, that you're trying to do uh, even for the Lord. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to look at why we can live in peace and then practical how-tos that we can apply to our lives that cause us to live in peace. So before we jump into it, let's let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your children. Holy Spirit, give me utterance to effectively communicate the word that you've given me uh, to share with your your children watching this podcast today. And thank you for everything you are and everything you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's jump right into it. So before we go into the the how-tos, the practicals, I want to show you guys something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me uh, as I was reading this out, as I was studying this. Uh, And this was months ago that I was looking into this, but... uh, So let's look at Isaiah chapter 32, verses 17 and 18. I'll read it here for you. This is the New King James Version. It says, The work of righteousness will be peace. Or other translations say, The fruit of righteousness, or what righteousness will work out, will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. So before I dig into that, because there's a lot in that, I want you guys also to look at John chapter 14, uh, verse 27. Jesus talking here, he's talking to his disciples about his crucifixion that's about to happen and about how he's going to have to go to a different place. He says, I'm going away. But he says in verse 27, um, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as this world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, what I want to show you guys, what the Holy Spirit showed me, and it's, it was just a, a powerful revelation that I, that I felt that I received from the Holy Spirit, um, is why Jesus is able to say that to his disciples. Why is he able to say to, him, say to them, this is about to happen, I'm about to be crucified, and I'm going to have to go away. And there's going to be these hard times, and stuff's going to happen, and it's going to look bad, but I'm going to leave, when I go away, I leave something with you, and it's peace, a peace that that this world cannot give and cannot understand. Why is he able to say that? Well, it's because in 
Isaiah, God foretold and commanded through the prophet Isaiah all those years ago that the work of righteousness, which is Jesus Christ, his work, what he is going to work out of the fruit of righteousness uh, is going to be peace. And he and Jesus was about to step in to fulfilling, completely fulfilling and, and bringing into completion the work that he was sent here to do. As the, his title, that he, one of the titles he has, one of the names he has in the word is the Son of Man, which it means uh, our man's representation to God, the man born to die, the man born to die on our behalf uh, to, to represent us to God. And he was about to fulfill and bring to completion this work that he was sent to the earth to do. And God said that the work of righteousness, Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God, the work that he, the fruit that he will produce in completing his work will be peace. So he's saying, I'm about to complete and, and fulfill all this stuff that I came to here to fulfill. And so I'm going to be able to leave peace with you. So it's, it's a fruit that, that, he, uh, that he worked out that, he, that we get to partake of uh, because of what he did for us on the cross. And it's why we get to experience Isaiah 32, where we can live in a peaceful habitation, in quiet resting places, in secure dwellings, and have assurance forever in Jesus. And that's, man, that's a powerful, powerful thing to really understand uh, once you get a hold of that, because it can af physically affect your physical living. And I want to give you guys an example here um, that, I, that I got from my mom. She was telling me, so my parents are word people. That's why I'm a word person, probably. <laughs> They're word people. They speak the word. They live the word. And like we talked about last uh, during the last message, they dwell in the word. And something that, uh, that actually this verse in Isaiah has been one of my dad's favorite verses for a long time. And he has spoke it over every household that he's lived in ever since it became one of his favorite verses. So I say all that because uh, my mom was telling me a story about when they first kind of showed up to the house they're living in now. A neighbor came over, and literally as she stepped into the doorway of the house, she she looked at my mom and said, wow, you can feel this. This house is so peaceful. You can feel it as soon as you step in. This is, house is so peaceful. And it's not the first time that something like that has happened. My parents have had other friends that come over and say, as soon as they step in, you can feel the presence of God in this house. Why? Because this is something that works that you can speak this verse over your life and you can have such peace in Jesus that it affects your physical dwelling place, your physical house. Now, uh, <laughs> um, it doesn't just affect your physical dwelling place. And we understand that we abide in Jesus and he abides in us. So it's it's so awesome that when you get that revelation, when you understand that it can affect your physical dwelling place where you can have peace in your house no matter where you live, but also that you dwell and you live in Christ and he in you. So everywhere you go is a peaceful dwelling place. Everywhere you step your foot is a, is a uh, secure dwelling, is a quiet resting place. You have that with you everywhere you go because you constantly and are never out of abiding in him if you are a born-again Christian. So that's just something the Holy Spirit showed me. I hope you guys got something out of that. Um, so then how can we begin to experience and, and practically apply things in our life that we can that allow us to experience this peace that Jesus paid for us? 
Well, like we talked about last time, abiding in the word. This will absolutely produce peace in your life. Uh, we know from Ephesians chapter 2, 14, Jesus himself says that he is our peace. Or not, or that's Paul talking, but he says that Jesus himself is our peace. So the more that you abide in the word, right, we talked about this last time, the more you know Jesus, the person of Jesus himself, the more his, uh, truth is revealed to you. And the more you do that, the more peace you know, because he himself is our peace, and you will be abiding in him, which will be abiding in peace. So we do have that from what we talked about last time. But also a part of that, a part of abiding in the word, will be the word teaching you things, practical things that you can apply to your life that will allow you to walk in peace, which is what you can put them to practice. So with that, I'll have you look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. It says here, Paul talking, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace that, of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here, Paul instructs us to be anxious for nothing, but he doesn't leave us there. You, know, you can relate it to the end of John 27, where we read, where he says, uh, <clears throat> Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Paul's saying, do not be anxious for anything, but he doesn't leave us there. The word never just leaves you with, don't do this, and then it walks away, and you have to try to figure out how to muster it yourself. You can't will yourself into peace. You can't just, I'm just, I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to be at peace. This doesn't, or I'm not going to be anxious for this. It doesn't work that way because that's your flesh trying to work out something that is flesh, and it's not going to, it doesn't work that way. It's only by the spirit and by the word. And so he, Paul then begins to show us later, uh, after after saying be anxious for nothing he teaches us how to be anxious for nothing he says as you uh, approach god with thanksgiving he says in everything with thanksgiving make your requests known to god uh, and the peace of god that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind well that's not being anxious so as you uh, begin to practice this this giving thanks and everything, as you all, every time you come to God with any kind of request or any kind of just talking to Him, if you wrap it with thanksgiving, that's the way I like to put it. Wrap your requests with thanksgiving. As you as you practice this, it causes you to not ask for requests from God from a place of anxiety, but rather from a place of peace. Uh, and it's a peace that surpasses understanding. I and mean, you can relate that to what John, what Jesus said in John. It's a peace that the world cannot understand because the world cannot give it it's a peace that can only be given to you by god <clears throat> so you as you practice that you come to an understanding um that you will you come to a place where you're not uh worried about stuff you're not anxious because you know that your heavenly father takes care of you because you are his child um you can look at matthew chapter 6 verses 25 and 26 as jesus talking uh he says this therefore i say to you do not worry about your life. We're talking about living in peace. He says, do not worry. Again, an instruction he's given to them, but then he tells, he goes into telling them how not to worry. He says, do not worry about your life, what you will put on, or what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Now that's the instruction there. He says, do not worry, and then tells you how not to worry. He says, consider the birds in other translations. Consider the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Notice he puts in, 
Heavenly Father. Why? Because it shows you your position in his family. You are a child of God, and your Heavenly Father takes care of you. And that's the instruction that he gives them in, in Matthew. Do not worry, but consider the birds, because you can see how God takes care of the birds. How they do not, they don't store food up, but they're just taken care of. They know what to do because their Heavenly Father put it in them to know what to do. And are you not of more value than the birds? I'll tell you right now, you are. Um, so, why does practicing thankfulness produce peace in our life? It's a good question because why, why does being thankful for what you already have keep you from being anxious or worried about stuff you don't have but that you need valid valid needs uh justifiable needs that you actually do need in this life where you know a job food clothing all this stuff why does being thankful for what you do have keep you from being anxious for what you don't have well it's very simple honestly and to me it is uh god speaks to me when he when he breaks his word down to me he makes it very simple because i think there's such power in simplicity um, and, and it just makes it understandable to me because it's simple. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, we, the, what, the reason it works is because it pulls your, your focus off of your lack, off of your need, off of your situation, off of your hard time, and it puts it back on Jesus. And God says in Isaiah 26.3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. So God himself promises to be the one to to keep you in peace it's God himself doing it you're keeping your mind stayed on him because you're constantly giving him thanks for everything in your life and you realize no matter what you're giving him thanks for you have those things because of Jesus you have those things because of your heavenly father everything created here it's only here because of him so everything that you have it's all because of him so as you thank him for those things your mind you're being mindful of him because you're remembering what he's done for you. And so God, when we do that, God promises, if you do that, I will be the one that keeps you in perfect peace, a peace that this world cannot understand because it cannot give. You can see the same concept in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, where, he said, where Paul says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He says the more you focus on carnal, temporary things that will pass away with this earth, it causes anxiety and it causes death because you're constantly worried about, you know, needing the next, needing a new car, needing a job, needing food, needing clothing, which are valid things that you do need. But as you focus on them, they produce anxiety. It produces death. But to be spiritually minded, to keep your, th your mind on things of the spirit, on the word of God. Remember last time we talked about Jesus said his words are spirit. So you, that's why they, able, they are able to produce life. If you, if you keep your mind on the word of God, on what he has said to you, what he continues to say to you through his word, he will keep you in perfect peace. That's a powerful, powerful truth. So just to kind of a quick recap of what we talked about. First, we need to understand that God wants you to live in peace. It's something he desires for you, and it's something he provided for, and in fact commanded that peace would be an outcome of what Jesus did for us on the cross. You can experience this peace in everyday life by practicing thanks, thankfulness and thanksgiving in everything, or as I say, wrapping your requests in thanksgiving. Uh, this will also uh, teach you 
to be content. Oh, I forgot to bring out that point. Well, you can look at uh, later down in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. If you drop down to 11 and 13, it's where Paul says that in and no, in every state that I am in, I've been abased, I've abounded, I've had little, I've had nothing, I've had a lot. In any state I've, I'm in, I don't speak in regard to need because I have learned to be content. And it's in the same chapter where he's talking about don't be anxious for anything, but uh, be thankful in all your requests. And the Holy Spirit showed me that this, this is something that Paul would have practiced. And in fact, you see it in all his epistles. And at the beginning of all his epistles and letters that he writes, he says, I am so thankful for you. I can't stop giving thanks for you. I can't help but give thanks for you. It's something that Paul practiced in his everyday life, giving thanks to God in the midst of his trials. And we know Paul to be somebody that went through a lot of trials and a lot of hard times. But he practiced this, and the Holy Spirit showed me that connection, that as you practice that, that same thankfulness that Paul did, you will learn to be content as he learned to be content in every situation, in every circumstance of your life. So that's the you, we learn to be content as we practice this Thanksgiving, and as you keep your mind on Jesus and stay spiritually minded, it's God himself that keeps you in perfect peace. So here's my call to action. It might sound kind of obvious. Practice this Thanksgiving. But here's here's the point I want to make, guys. Practice this. You might be sitting there thinking, man, my life is good. There's not a lot. I'm not anxious for stuff. I have a lot of good things in my life, and I'm just I'm at peace already. Well, practice this thanks, this thankfulness and this this art of giving thanks in everything, in the good times. Because I promise you, ask me how I know, it's so much harder to try to get into a practice of thanks of thanksgiving when the hard times when you're in the midst of a hard time of a trial of something bad happening to you of something whatever it is that's causing these emotions these things to come at you to attack you it's so much harder to try to get yourself to be in a place of thankfulness and to practice that out and to get yourself to start practicing that in those hard times so if you do it now in the good times It'll be so much easier, and it'll be a reaction. It'll just come naturally. When the hard times come, you'll still be in that state of constant thankfulness to God for what he's done for you. It's not that it can't work if you start in the hard times. And ask me again how I know about that. I'm doing it myself. But it's it's just so much easier to, to start that in the good times, quote good times, and just continue that in, throughout your entire life no matter what comes your way. So that's my call to action for you to guys, for you guys today. And uh, that is your Monday message. I hope you got something from it. And that is the bottom line, because the Word of God says so. A lot of things been on my mind lately. A lot of things I've been ruminating and contemplating. A lot of things have been stolen and taken by Satan. A lot of things I don't know about, I'm just trying to make it. But he can't phase me. Forget the 10. My Lord God made me. I ain't talking Mike Gill word to the underground. Yeah, we making noise. And if you didn't know about us, yeah, we them boys. We be spitting smoke. Man, Micah, that was a dope message. Uh, thank you so much, Micah, again for doing our Monday messages. That was awesome, man. Uh, you're definitely anointed and you're, you know, you're called by God to to share the word. Amen. Yeah, man. That's 
Uh, how, how do you say it? That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, because <laughs> said so. Man, you guys are awesome. Hey, uh, I just wanted to invite you guys to go ahead. If you haven't already, subscribe uh, to YouTube so you, we, you can be in touch with all the good content coming out. Yep. Like us and follow us on Facebook. Yep. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, but don't forget to really hit subscribe so you can see, you know, a handsome face like that. Look at that gorgeous looking thing we look at? um yeah we're, we're looking at you right now um but go ahead and subscribe uh and i'm telling you guys subscribe because micah doesn't know what subscribe means isn't yes, that right yes i do micah you don't know what subscribe means i know what subscribe, well, what, what subscribe means i've subscribed to things before like what like I, you you know they send you a catalog in the mail you look through the catalog and you're like man look at that that's a great shotgun or something yeah, and no, you go, that's that's why Micah doesn't talk that's about subscribing. Subscribe, subscribe that's on true. YouTube, hit that subscribe red button, and we'll go ahead and be, be sure to send you out good content. Don't forget Tuesday's How To's is coming tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, share some practical stuff on there. You guys are awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, we're going to be creating a Instagram page for Micah uh, so all the ladies can see this handsome face and follow no. uh, his life. Negative. Uh, you know, Micah, I think you're going to be uh, – it's not happening. You're going to see him in yoga pants, you know, doing the inspirational quote, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is my last Monday message. <laughs> I'm not going to be on Instagram or Facebook. We're going to add Mike on Instagram. We're just going to create a page for him. It's going to be his fan page, you know what I mean? And it's going to be and beautiful. My mom on there only. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. We love you guys. God bless. And that's the bottom that's let's, the bottom let's do it line. together like ready you know ready one two three and that's, that's the, the bottom th line <laughs> just ruined it do it together one two three we're like cheerleaders we're hey welcome to monday motivation monday yeah motivation. shut up no <laughs> this is monday message you dig uh, i'm just kidding y'all love you guys <laughs>